0: Hi, welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, alongside your host, Kim Bilotto. Kim, what a great show today. We've got our resident expert, David Blackman, going to be on the show with us here in just a couple of minutes. And we also have the chairman of the texas railroad commission david porter in studio today it's going to be an outstanding show with some great information for you so listen closely and we also have trivia coming up at the end of the show and keep in mind you're going to want to listen real close because trivia is going to be based on something that is said or happens right here in the show today so listen close with that kim let's bring in our first guest he's our resident oil and gas expert david blackman kim
1: Thank you, Alvin. And today we have back on the show our energy expert, David Blackman, who's with DB Energy Advisors. David, welcome back to In the Oil Patch.
2: Thanks. Happy to be here.
1: Well, David, you know, last week we were having, for the past couple of weeks, we've had some very interesting conversations on um, you know, the political scene, what that means for us. And this week, I think I really want us to try to get back on track of oil and gas. And so, you know, the Permian Basin is booming compared to other shell plays. So I want to get back on track. Tell me a little bit about what's happening in the Permian Basin, some big deals that might be taking place out there in West Texas, any acquisitions uh, occurring currently?
2: Yeah, it's it's been a very busy month in the Permian Basin here in August. Uh, that three big, large independents, uh, SM Energy, Parsley and Company, um, and Concho Resources all made big acquisitions this month. Um, Concho and Parsley were, were increasing, you know, their presence in, in the play. They've been in the play for several years, but the, it's a new entry for SM Energy. And the thing about these acquisitions, every one of them paid the equivalent of about forty thousand dollars an acre for uh the rights to drill and some existing production these are huge huge uh, acreage per acre amount so this is big and the total of the three acquisitions was over four billion dollars so it's-
1: well right now you know the large ones that have been out there have been pioneer natural resources concho and parsons correct
2: correct yeah yeah and uh You know, I think Pioneer is still the largest producer in the Permian and uh, probably the busiest, too. But uh, they all have very big presence out there.
1: Right. So what does this mean for, like, the drilling activity? What will we be seeing here happening uh, in the near future?
2: Oh, well, uh, it's very active already. Uh, There are almost 200 rigs now operating in the Permian, which is pretty amazing, I think the most there ever were during the boom time was, was a little over 300. and so.
1: Oh, it's uh, like they haven't skipped a beat.
2: Yeah, it, it's really amazing. 40% of all the rigs active in the United States are in the Permian Basin right now, so it's very, very busy.
1: Interesting. So um, we're just going to see a lot more of the same, and, and to put it in comparison, so other shell plays like Eagle Ford, which is also in Texas, has got barely 30 rigs running right now. So, Permian Basin yep. is one of the big rigs. What is so attractive in the Permian Basin for these companies compared to other shell plays? What, what, what is the secret sauce that the Permian Basin has?
2: Well, I, the reality is it, it's, it's several things, but the biggest thing is that there are multiple pay zones in a lot of these areas out there in the Permian. It's this huge region. The whole basin is about the size of South Carolina, so it's a... It's a big geographical area, and in a lot of parts of the play, there are multiple pay zones, three or four sometimes stacked one on top of another. And so companies are able to drill down uh, vertically through all of those and then do horizontal completions in each one, uh, which really creates a lot of additional production uh, compared to, say, well, let's look at the Eagleford. The Eagleford has a single pay zone. You know, it's a gigantic pay zone, a very rich pay zone, but it's one. And and so when you can drill one hole, you know, and have production from three or four different formations, uh, it really uh, has the effect of increasing the potential rate of return on each well. And, you know, these corporations, they allocate all of their capital based on anticipated rate of return. And right now, uh, the best prospect for that is in the Permian Basin.
1: Right. So, what does this mean then? For is, is similar good news expected around the corner for like Eagle Ford and other parts of Texas, or will they have to wait until, you know, gas prices t- return or increase significantly higher for them to start putting new investments in those areas?
2: Yeah, I, you know, it's it's interesting. I, there are parts of the Eagle Ford where you know you can drill. Uh, economic wells in the 45 to $50 range, and so we're kind of getting to that price point for, for some of the wells there. But, you know, most of the analysts I've seen talk about needing a, a 55 to $60 price before the Eagle Ford really starts to see these kinds of investments again. Um, in other parts of Texas, you know, again, it just depends on on, on where you're drilling, and, you know, and the cost of the well. Um but I think that the answer is that right now the Permian is going to be booming, uh, in this 40 to $45 price range that we seem to be kind of stuck in. And it's going to take the price getting up over $50 before we see this kind of new uh, investment being made in these other areas. But it's good news regardless because it shows these companies that have been laying low and you know, really trying to stay as inactive as possible in the drilling realm are now really interested in starting to drill again and starting to build their their production back up. And, and that's all, that can only be good news for everybody in the long run.
1: Well, you know, David, something interesting also occurred taking us out of Permian Basin a little bit. Tell us a little bit about Chesapeake. Chesapeake, there was some news with their movement as well.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, well, it was an interesting thing. You know, they, they sold uh, their remaining interests in the Barnett Shale right at the first of August, um, which was a very big event in the, in the history of that play up there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, Chesapeake had been one of the main players in that region for over a decade. And, um, you know, uh, them actually leaving the play is kind of a seminal event and a sign kind of the, the times up there. They're, um, very, very few rigs running in, in the Barnett right now, which is strictly a dry gas place. So there's no liquids at all or, or very, very little liquids in that natural gas. And, uh, you know, with the price of natural gas and it's stuck in the 250 range uh, for the last several years, it's been real hard to justify drilling those wells. And, um, Chesapeake at one time, seven, eight years ago, had well over a hundred rigs running just in the Barnett shale that one company, uh, at a time when there were over 350 to 400 rigs running in the Barnett area, and now you drive through there and you never see a drilling rig. Um, So that's just kind of a sign of of the times where the natural gas situation is concerned. Um, uh, Interesting thing that's happened with natural gas here recently is is the price has firmed up a bit because we saw actual – withdrawals from storage during the summer months, which is a very rare thing. Usually storage begins to, to build up during the summer months and continues uh, until you get into the cooler weather and more natural gas gets used for heating. But uh, we saw storage levels actually go down several times during the summer months. And that's, that's a signal that that demand for natural gas and so the supply is, you know, it's, it demands finally caught up to supply. And, uh, so you may see more natural gas rigs uh, get activated and start drilling again in the near future.
1: Interesting. So, um, on Chesapeake, Chesapeake, did they go somewhere else or are they just pulling out of the Barnett shell?
2: No, they, they, they just sold their interest. Uh, they were able to raise, uh, about 400 million dollars of that, but the, the the big part of that sale was they were able to cancel 1.9 billion dollars in in pipeline reservation obligations over the next three years. I think it was, and uh, that was a huge upside for their balance sheet. You know, as a company, because they, it's no secret they've they've had a pretty high debt load, and and the new management team over the last couple of years has really been focused on. Lowering that debt load uh, so that uh, their their balance sheet looks better, and so by by engaging in that, it was really kind of an exchange, and uh, they were able to cancel almost two billion dollars in pipeline obligations, which was a really big deal for them.
1: Wow, that is a large one. Well, David, again, thank you so much for being on the show this week, and we look forward to having you back next week when we're talking energy or politics.
2: Great, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you, Kim, and thank you, David Blackman. It's always great to have our resonant expert on the show each and every week. And with that, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellato, and you know what? We'll be right back.
1: STEER is calling all oil and gas industry companies, contractors, and all community stakeholders to submit an entry or nominate a deserving company or organization for the fourth annual Eagle Ford Excellence Awards. The Eagle Ford Excellence Awards provides oil and gas companies, organizations, and their contractors an opportunity to be acknowledged for their efforts in preserving the environment, contributing to the companies in which they work and promote safety in and around the workplace. Submit your entry or nominee today. For more information and to nominate a company or organization, please email info at steer.com or visit steer.com EFEA.
0: Hey folks, join Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine in partnership with the Corpus Christi Regional Economic Development Corporation for the second annual State of Energy event. Shale Magazine and the CCREDC will welcome industry leaders, business and community stakeholders for a discussion on the current state of energy sectors that include exploration and production, LNG and refineries and the industry's future opportunities and challenges in a disruptive market. Our keynote speaker will be Karen Harbert, president and CEO of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce's Institute for the 21st Century. We'll also have a special panel of speakers that you won't want to miss. It's all happening on October 12, 2016 at the Omni Hotel in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. Doors open at 1115 and the speakers begin at 1130 a.m. So get your tickets at the CCREDC website, that's www.ccredc.com again get your tickets at www.ccredc.com and we look forward to seeing you there great companies take great care of their employees Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired to the time they retire from pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more. Trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your employees' health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 1-866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. Hi, and welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey, alongside your host, Kim Bilotto. Special guest in studio today, Kim, Chairman David Porter of the Texas Railroad Commission. Chairman Porter, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Chairman, we haven't seen you in a while, and we're glad to have you back on the show. And and Kim's got a whole big, long list of the tough questions to ask you today. And I think we're going to talk about the Sunset Commission, correct, Kim?
1: That's right, Alvin. We actually have with us, of course, the chairman of the Railroad Commission. Chairman Porter, you um, just came back from a very long extended trip on some state business. but And so I want to get into that. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about you are um, exiting the uh, Texas Railroad Commission and going on into a private sector position. So, Chairman Porter, tell us a little bit about your role right now at the uh, Texas Railroad Commission and how long have you been serving and uh, a little bit about the position as being the chair I was
3: selected in November of 10 uh, went on, actually went on the commission early January of 2011 and been serving for now over five and a half years my term will be up December 31st I did not run for reelection this year so I will be going off the commission and going back into the private sector, and I'm very much looking forward to that challenge and doing things outside of uh, the government bureaucracy once again.
1: Chairman Porter, we are sad to see you go, because some of the things that are under your legacy are some really unique things, such as the Eagle Ford Shell Task Force that you created and your true expansion and belief in natural gas and, and I just want to cover those things because they were really truly visionary things that you thought about mostly speaking about the Eagle Ford Shell Task Force. Why did you think about doing that and what really is the Eagle Ford Shell Task Force.
3: One of the primary things that motivated me for running for the Railroad Commission in the first place was the realization that without public support, it was going to be difficult for the industry, which is the economic backbone of the state of Texas, to continue to be successful long-term. And I thought as important as oil and gas was to the state and to the country that it needed to be successful long term, and I wanted to help in that endeavor. And that's really what motivated me to run. So when it appeared that the Eagleford Shale, appeared to me that the Eagleford Shale was going to be a big deal, I wanted to make sure that we got out in front of it, were proactive at the Railroad Commission, didn't make the same kind of mistakes that I I hate to say it, but frankly, quite kind of were done when the Barnett Shale became a big deal a few years before that, you know, 2004, 5, 6 era, the commission was probably not as proactive in letting people know what was going on and that how they actually did regulate oil and gas in the state of Texas. So that that was my motivation for starting the Eagle for Shale. I think it was very successful. We came out with a Excellent uh, report that um, is still looked on in many circles as a real first primer about a shale play. Still has a lot of valuable information. And, uh, there are a lot of organizations now that have picked up. Uh, we're kind of at the end of the life of the Eagle Ford Shale Task Force uh, with um, my term ending, but um, a lot of organizations are active now. A lot of dialogue that's gone on in the Eagle Ford Shale just starting the conversation and making sure all sides were listened to as far as landowners royalty owners service companies the oil producers the community leaders the local government i think was a major benefit in the eagleford shale development running as smoothly as it did, not that it was totally smooth, but I think it was much, much smoother than it would have been if it had not not been for the efforts of the Eagleford Shale Task Force and our members and efforts of a lot of other groups in the Eagleford.
1: Well, I mean, when I think about it, it was extremely unusual to see a government agency elected, you know, by the people of Texas to be out in the community asking from a new group of Individuals, whether rather they were royalty right owners, landowners, elected officials, the mayors, the judges in these small communities that had never really experienced an oil boom, you and the agency were ahead of the game in, in inquiring and asking and getting them used to somebody is listening or getting them familiar with the fact that you cared and the agency cared enough to hear what their concerns, um, you know, were at the time. And of course, you continue to l- grab. Uh, the community and the elected officials in on that and so we saw a spinoff of other uh, coalitions and um, consortiums begin as well as a result of that too. So I think it was very instrumental and it's definitely to me the way to go if you're going to start a shell play or if you're getting a community, a new community involved in oil drilling, education and communication are the keys to having a successful shell play as we saw with Eagle Ford. A lot of things occurred before uh, in discussion before there was this community outcry of anger and frustration with the elected officials and, of course, with the Texas Railroad Commission. You also supported natural gas. Um, and one of the leaders of continuing to talk about how important natural gas is to the expansion of Texas. So let's talk a little bit about that.
3: No, I'm happy to. I think... Um as a result of all the success we've had in the shell plays, including the Eagleford, the Barnett, uh, to a certain extent over in East Texas, and then, of course, out in the Permian Basin, is, as everyone knows, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we were worried that we were going to run out of natural gas. We were actually just dis- encouraging people not to use natural gas, and then all of a sudden, we've got more natural gas than we really know what we, what to do with, um, Still trying to get the pipelines and infrastructure in place to use all that's being produced. So, uh, and, and as a result, natural gas had gotten much lower. Where a few years ago it was um, actually ten, ten, twelve dollars an MCF for a while. Now, within the last year, it was down around two dollars. It's come back a little bit to two fifty, but it's still. Extremely cheap from the viewpoint of how much energy an MCF of natural gas produces, uh, much cheaper than uh, the equivalent energy from oil, even at current prices.
0: Talking natural gas pricing, and and I want to we we need to take a quick break, but I want to talk about natural gas pricing and what it is here, and and is it priced on the world market the same way that it's priced here in the states? And let's talk about that a little bit right after the break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, alongside your host, Kim Bilotto, and our special guest today, Chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, David Porter. We'll be right back. Oil filled Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time, for your automotive or oil-filled equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Managers, bosses, supervisors, hey, flu season is here. Don't let the flu bug bite your employees. Banish sick days and keep your workforce strong, healthy, and productive with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. Trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey, alongside your host, Kim Bilotto, and our special guest in studio today, Chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, David Porter. Commissioner Porter, when we before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about natural gas, and I want to talk about how natural gas is priced in the U.S. versus other parts of the world. It's not quite the same as
3: oil. No, that's a very interesting question. Oil basically is a world price. I mean, taking into account transportation costs and difference in grade, oil basically costs the same anywhere in the world. That's not true with natural gas. Natural gas is not a worldwide market. It is still a regional market. Natural gas is cheaper right now in the U.S. than almost anywhere in the world. What kind of opportunity
0: does that pose for producers in the U.S.? Because we can export natural gas as as well as oil now.
3: It, It certainly is a positive for U.S. producers. If we can export natural gas, they can... Increase market share, get a higher price for their product, and uh, hopefully in the long run that will happen. Now, one of the reasons why natural gas is at a regional market while oil is a worldwide market is that it is much easier to transport oil than it is natural gas. Uh, Oil you can put in a container, natural gas you basically have to put in a pipeline. To transport natural gas for long distances you, you can't without either compressing it or liquefying it. So that's where CNG and LNG come into effect. And these LNG export terminals that are being, ports that are being built in the U.S., the uh, one right across the river in Sabine Pass in Louisiana has just started exporting. they You know, five, six, seven billion dollar investments in capital to get those up. So it takes a lot to get one of those plants built. Now, once you do it, you can liquefy and transport around the world. So hopefully, in the future, that will be a big advantage to U.S. industry. But there, there are other companies that are countries that are doing this. Also, Australia is big on liquefied natural gas, and they're trying to serve a lot of the Asian export markets Um, so we 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 certainly will have some competition in that business but as of right now US is the lowest cost producer
0: now does the do the US producers have that sales team that's traveling around the world looking for those natural gas customers or is this something that we're just going to develop over the next however many years
3: Uh, certainly the people that have started to make the major Mm -hmm investment in the LNG plants are starting starting to do this work but certainly the U.S. has not because of the history of natural gas and how we thought we were running out has not spent a lot of time and effort on those markets over long periods of time and that's one of the things that I was recently trying to do when we were overseas in Southeast Asia uh, myself and uh, some other staff members and state representative were on a trade delegation trying to encourage some of the Southeast Asian countries to consider the fact that the U.S. has a lot of natural gas and natural gas is going to be there for the long term that they can plan on using that to meet their energy and power needs.
0: Now, Kim, I wanted to bring up natural gas and, and here's some of the the commission's expertise on natural gas, because natural gas is going to be a topic in the upcoming Sunset Commission. And I think we want to talk to Chairman Porter about the Sunset Commission that's on the horizon.
1: That's right, Alvin. We do have the Sunset Review that um, is taking a look at the Texas Railroad Commission again. And it almost seems like, Chairman Porter, that the Texas Railroad Commission seems to be reviewed quite frequently, as opposed to any other Uh, different commission. Can you tell me, let's start with that. Why do you think the Railroad Commission is being reviewed so much by the Sunset Review Board?
3: Well, it's been a matter um, that there's been such a difference of opinion in the legislature that uh, they have not been able to get any legislation passed to renew it is why it's been reviewed. This will be the Third time in four years, or in four sessions. Third time in four sessions, which would be eight years, uh, that they have looked at it since I have been either on the board or this coming session, right after I go off the commission. Um, so it's just a matter that it's been controversial. There's been a lot of difference of opinion in the legislature and outside of the legislature what what should be done. So they have not been able to come to a conclusion and and vote on it.
0: I can't imagine anything the legislature would allow to go to the 11th hour. Come on now. <laughs> let's, let's keep up talking about the Sunset Commission after the break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey alongside Kim Bilotto and our special guest in studio, Chairman David Porter of the Texas Railroad Commission. We'll be right back. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shale Again, that's info at shale, S H A L E, mag, mag.com. Or you can call us 210 240 7188. Again, that's 210 240 7188. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, ma to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- two four oh seven one eight eight again two ten two four oh seventy one eighty eight. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside Kim Bellato and our special guest in studio, Chairman David Porter of the Texas Railroad Commission. Commissioner, before we went to break we started talking a little bit about the Sunset Commission. And let's take a step back and can you give us a definition of what the Sunset Review and the Sunset Commission is and then we'll get into how that could possibly affect the Railroad Commission.
3: Glad you asked that question, Alvin. Uh, uh, Sunset Review is one of those items that certainly in theory sounds great, and I think it was a good idea when it was started. Basically what it's saying is, you know, government programs just go on forever and ever and ever, and we're going to look at government agencies every so many years, and generally in Texas it's been every 12 years, and try to decide, is there something that we can do better? Should we continue this agency? Is it still fulfilling its purpose, or should we abolish the agency? But that's, in a nutshell, what the Sunset Commission process is about. And they do this by, by controlling the funding
0: for the agency. If, say, God forbid, the sun sets on the Texas Railroad Commission, does that null and void all of the administrative law that that the that the railroad commission has has put in place and and all of the regulatory framework that matters since you've been elected in 2010
3: i i don't know that it actually nullifies the regulation but then all of a sudden it's a matter of who's going to enforce the regulation right. and who's going to keep it up to date and you know that, that that's the big question where do you go from there Who's on third, basically.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's really important because the Texas, I mean, first of all, Texas and oil go together. They always have and hopefully always will. It's a third of our state's overall economy is coming from oil and gas. And so that is a very important driver for the state of Texas. If we all want to continue to prosper and have jobs and be able to outrun uh, if, if we should have another recession, which is part of why we were able to sustain weather the storm very well this last um, time that we had an economic downturn. So that being said, the Texas Railroad Commission is a very important uh, commission. And so the things that I want to know are what are some of the changes that the Sunset Review is recommending um, while they're reviewing the Texas Railroad Commission?
3: They've come up with a number of recommendations this year. I think their actual number that they turned in was 24. I may be off one or two on that. And a lot of them were basically good recommendations. A number of them were things that we've been attempting to do as far as upgrading IT systems and capabilities on reporting. It's a matter, quite honestly, in a lot of cases, of the commission not having the funds to fully implement what we should do, particularly in the IT system. Uh, it's,
1: now that's a very important thing having enough funding to keep up with technology is important but what are some of the recommendations that are concerning you as well? Two,
3: two recommendations in particular really concern me and there, there are a few others also but one, one of them is the recommendation to move the regulation of the natural gas utilities from the railroad commission to the public utility commission And I think it's very important for safety to have the regulation of the economic regulation and the safety regulation in the same agency instead of moving those to two different agencies
1: well so out of curiosity how often do utility companies uh, monitor and maintain resources coming out from underneath the ground like the Texas Railroad Commission in other words do these uh, utility companies have experience in pipeline and transporting natural resources?
3: Uh, the utility companies themselves, of course, do, because that's, that's a large part of their business. But what, what's important is that the Railroad Commission also guides them in the regulation of their business, but also sets the rights for the utilities so that we're able to take into account the fact that, yes, it does cost money to keep systems up to stuff, to do the repair, the maintenance, the checking on those systems that have to be done. If you get it into a rate situation like we have in so many other different states where the utility commission is basically interested in the lowest possible rate, Rather than a rate that um,
0: that works for everybody,
3: works for everyone that keeps um, takes into account the the fact that you need to have modernization, you need to update your system, you need to do safety checks, you need to check for leaks. That it costs money. Preventative maintenance costs money, and although it saves money in the long run, in the short run, it costs money. And public utility commissions, if you look historically throughout the entire nation, have not always taken that into account. So that's why I think it's important to leave the safety regulation and the economic regulation in the same place. The other issue that concerns me greatly is the moving of cases, uh, contested cases particularly, but cases from the Railroad Commission being tried at the Railroad Commission with Railroad Commission staff, to the being tried at the Office of Administrative Hearings, which is the general law administrative law agency of the of the state. And these judges, just as one quick example, these judges one week they may be hearing a case about somebody that's on a barber board getting their license removed because they. Can't cut somebody's hair right to a brain surgeon that can't operate on somebody's head to correctly to oil and gas issue to a child support issue. I mean,
1: so you, they can't. They're, they're not they're, necessarily they're going to be experts.
3: They're generalists. They're not real specialists like we have on our staff, and I think it would be a big mistake to do that.
0: Well, Commissioner, you know, talking expertise, regulatory framework matters, and we've quoted you on that so many times, and I love that statement. But common sense regulatory framework didn't happen by a group of judges that were hearing a myriad of different cases from different industries. So I'm of the opinion that this needs to stay with the Railroad Commission, and and I'm glad you brought this up because we do need to get this out. In the next segment, I do want to talk about how can – our listeners have a voice. How can our listeners contact their representative or the people on the commission to have their voices heard? But right now we need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. I'm Alvin Bailey alongside Kim Bilotto and our special guest, Chairman David Porter of the Texas Railroad Commission. We'll be right back. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the k Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656, again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me Bailey at kaligauto.com. That's a B-A-I-L-E-Y, at kalig, K-A-H-L-I-G, auto, A-U-T-O.com. I look forward to seeing you down the road.
1: And we're back within the Oil Patch radio show. Our guest today is David Porter, chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission. Chairman Porter, before the break, we were discussing the important uh, review process that's occurring for the Railroad Commission uh, with with the Sunset Review, and you had made a couple of uh, comments on some of the upcoming and pending suggestions that they may have pertaining to the Texas Railroad Commission. If there's uh, someone that wants to get involved with the process of either Testifying before the Sunset Commission on the upcoming changes or potential changes, or wants to just really stay involved in watching this, where should they go to get involved?
3: Well, it's probably a little bit too late to get involved in an in actual Sunset Commission process at this point in time. Probably the best thing to do is to continue to monitor this either through our website at the Commission or the Sunset website, and let your your state representative and your state senator know your thoughts on this matter. I think it's important to realize that the anti-fossil fuel people are using this sunset for their purposes. They see this as a way to hit the oil and gas industry by weakening by taking functions away from the railroad commission. So they're they're supporting that. So if you want to get involved in supporting Maintaining the railroad commission, I think it would be important to let your state representative, your state senator know that between now and the first part of session.
1: And you know the other thing is is we have created a uh, coalition. It's called the Texas Energy Advocacy Coalition, And that can be located on our shale website. That is directly uh, created to try to help all of us as a community speak on behalf of the industry because it's a pro-energy coalition. So I encourage our listeners to go to our shellmag.com and uh, join up for It's free. It's a membership, and we will be involved in Energy Day in the next upcoming session. But I want to change gears just for a second and talk before we get off of the um, Sunset Commission and how important the Texas Railroad Commission is to the citizens of Texas, OPEC versus RRC, the Texas Railroad Commission. We do know that OPEC has lost its luster, if you will, (laughs) on a worldwide stage. And the United States has now moved into a swing producer position. That being said, my understanding is that the Texas Railroad Commission is going to become one of the most important, if not the most important agency to be looked upon and, and asked to help manage the United States being the twing, swing producer. Do you not agree, and what does this mean for Texas?
3: Taking a quick back, look back at history, from the, the 1930s to late 60s, very early 70s, Railroad Commission definitely was the most important influence on oil and gas prices worldwide. Since that time with the Arab oil embargo, OPEC kind of took that over. OPEC's weakening. I think the Railroad Commission has, over the last five or six years, started to reassert a little bit of its former prominence in this area. We still have a long ways to go. I think we have a good commission right now, and I think we're making strides in that. I think we can continue to make strides in that. The importance of this industry to the state of Texas, I I think it would be in very... Useful and important for the state of Texas to have a railroad commission that's back at that prominent level that it once was I think we've made strides. I honestly I wish I could say yeah We're back, but I don't think that would be accurate, but we've made some strides in that direction And we can continue to make strides in that direction However, if the sunset process guts the railroad commission It's not going to be able to get back to that position that it once was I think as I travel around the country and around the world, indeed, it's amazing the level of um, awe and mysticism that's still there held by large portions of people in the oil and gas industry towards the Texas Railroad Commission.
1: Well, Chairman Porter, it sounds like, once again, just like the Eagle Ford Shell Task Force and the expansion of natural gas, as a visionary, you're seeing that you need to reach out across other countries or to other countries, Asian countries, and let them know that Texas is vibrant, we're open for business, and uh, we want to support them in their oil and gas needs. So thank you for doing that and and state representative jason isaac and your team i'm sure it was a huge success
0: now kim let me let me jump in here and interrupt you for a second and as we're coming to the end of the segment the end of the show today we could talk all day about some of the different things before the Sunset Commission and how it could affect the Railroad Commission. Unfortunately for this show, we've just run out of time this week. We do want to have you back as things progress through the Sunset Commission and keep us informed of what's going on with the Commission. And we do appreciate all your hard work.
3: Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be here again. And uh, as always, I appreciate the fact that you guys have a forward-looking positive approach to the oil and gas industry i think it's important to get this kind of information out that you do on your show each and every week for the state of texas
0: david porter thanks once again for being on the show with us and congratulations because you get to be the topic of today's trivia question if you're the first person to email the correct answer to the following trivia question to this email address, write it down. It's radio at shalemag.com. Again, radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E mag mag.com You'll win a $75 gift certificate to the beautiful and the yummy Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. So here's the question, folks. Listen closely. And David Porter fans, you might want to really pay attention here because uh, it's about him. What is... David Porter's catchphrase that we talked about earlier in the show. What is the catchphrase that David Porter has used during all, most of his speeches in his, his election campaign? Email us the catchphrase to radio at shalemag.com and be the first person to do so and you'll win yourself a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. And Kim, with that, It looks like we're at the end of the show today. Hey, be sure and like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash in the Oil Patch Radio Show and on Twitter at Shale Mag. And, folks, thank you so much for joining us. We love each and every one of you, and until next week, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellato, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.